Welcome to another edition of the Tech Post here on Limerick City Community Radio, brought to you in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. I'm Shawty Ryan, and with me again is Dave the Don O'Neill. Dave, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Good, excellent, Dave. There's there's uh, there's been an awful lot happening in the last month. Uh, we've a big list, so we're going to go straight into it. Uh, right, first one here is uh, Dave. Back a couple of years ago, about six years ago, there was a big hack on a Bitcoin exchange called Bitfinex. Do you remember that? I remember hearing about it, yeah. And I've never taken a huge interest in all this crypto stuff, so yeah. Fill yeah, us in. I'm the same actually as well. I've, I I can quite honestly say I have never bought any cryptocurrency, never looked into it. I have heard stories from different people saying that they have actually like made money on it. Mm. Um, I, I know some people who do, who've made, oh, I won't say fortunes, but they've made money. But it just never interests me because I always thought the risk was too high. And uh, I always remember somebody saying to me one day, uh, if you don't understand what blockchain is, then you've no business investing in something like this. Right. Um, so they kind of, now I do understand blockchain, but there's people out there that I know that have lost money as well on things like this. So back in 2016, there was a Bitcoin exchange called Bitfinex and they were hacked and there was something like 70 million worth of Bitcoin stolen at the time. And the whole idea of, as you would know, cryptocurrency and blockchain is that transactions are supposed to be anonymous and untraceable um, mm-hmm. and that things can't change unless the crowd agrees with it. That's the whole idea behind blockchain. Uh, But anyway, these things were stolen out of online wallets. Like a lot of these exchanges allow you to store your wallet instead of storing it on your PC. They will store it at the exchange for you so that you can log in from any machine. And it's not reliant on if if your hard drive died in your machine and you had your wallet stored or stored on your machine, then it's useless, it's gone, because that information is gone. So these places will hold it for you. And the idea was that the stuff was taken uh, out of the exchange. So just in the last few weeks, there was two people arrested in America and Mm. they have been charged with money laundering. Now they haven't been charged with the hack uh, because I don't think the details of how it was hacked and how it got out into different uh, other wallets has been released or is known but these two people were charged with money laundering and the amazing thing about all this is the value of those bitcoins that was 70 million six years ago what do you think it is now dave um (laughs) 17 million right 70 million Oh, 70 million wow okay 70 Um, million back six years ago what's the value of that Bitcoin now. I'm going to assume that it has depreciated since. No. No? Go the other way. Go the other way by quite a margin. Oh, quite a margin. Okay. Are we talking something closer to the billion mark? Uh, You're talking $4.5 billion. Wow. Holy. So it has gone up by over $3.5 billion type thing. Like it, that's the that's the value of this thing has gone up so the big question is 
how do you get those back to the people who used to own them if most of them were largely anonymous? And how do people, like there's going to be people crawling out of the woodwork now saying, oh, I had them as well. Yeah, yeah. So the, like, first of all, these people have been caught, their apartment was raided, they found all these uh, Bitcoins in kind of fake wallets that they had, uh, not Mm -hmm. fake wallets, but fake identities with wallets. And uh, they have seized, it's probably one of the biggest seizures ever, uh, the 4.5 billion. But the whole thing is, how does that get back to Bitfinex? And how long is it going to take to get back there? Because obviously the whole prosecution has to go through and this thing is evidence. and has to I don't see it happening. Yeah. The, so the people who are saying that, like, if you had one, two, three, four, five Bitcoin at the time, and now it's worth significantly more, uh, the, 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 the whole thing of tracing it and proving it and saying that this has to go back to this account. At the time, I do know at the time that uh, Bitfinex had given some sort of compensation to people um, in terms of the kind of written down values across the entire of their customers. And they had given them, they they created some new other Bitcoin, uh, actually the name of which I did know at the time, but I can't remember now, Uh, but they, um, oh, no, no, sorry, I, I, was, I was just looking something here and I can't, no, they, they actually did, re, they made, yeah, they made another coin called Recovery Right Token and they converted some people's shares into that. But I wonder, was there any kind of um, terms that you would agree to, to get issued with that? So it's like you, you, you agree to take these instead of your what you had that was stolen um on the provisio that you can't come and claim stuff again in the future so i don't know it's mm. uh yeah it's going to be a long drawn out process but in the meantime there's all these billions sitting there waiting and where are they going to go is a big question uh so oh, send them to me yeah <laughs> yeah put in your uh, claim there dave log on and tell them that you were part of it uh that you had all these unknown accounts <laughs> yeah and uh if you do get it you can keep me in mind but well that's the thing i mean you're looking at a situation that i don't think is fully resolvable no no it's not now the one the big take take from all this the reason why i kind of covered the story really is the big take is that up to now uh, people by and large considered that what you did with cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, all that kind of stuff, uh, is largely untraceable and anonymous. But this has proven this is not the case, that they were able to trace it back because you can you can see every trading history of every um, exchange, every transaction, that's public information, but you usually don't get uh, the details of who it was. Yeah. So how do you think it was traced back to these people, Dave? I have no idea. I couldn't right. even begin to speculate. Rookie, have you got an idea? Rookie mistakes. I uh, I was actually listening to a podcast the other day from the Wall Street Journal and they, they did a bit of details on this as well. And mm-hmm. some of the rookie mistakes they made were they used Bitcoin to purchase Walmart gift cards. They then did their shopping 
with those gift cards and got it delivered to their home address. Oh! <laughs> There's always something. I always thought to myself, you know, if I'm ever going to commit credit card fraud or anything like that and order a bunch of stuff off Amazon, where am I going to get it delivered to so I won't get caught? <laughs> I know. Uh, it's, it's always rookie mistakes, isn't it? It's always yeah. two small things that will get you caught like that. That's terrible. Uh, that's so, cockiness. That's, that's what that is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, that's just, I just wanted to give that a cover and just highlight yeah. that. and. Uh, get you recording saying that you have actually considered credit card fraud. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's down on recording now, Dave. You can never. Uh, I've considered a lot of things in my mind, you know, but uh, we won't go there. Yeah. All right, Dave, let's move on to some updates from the Irish Domain Registry. Um, we've often had uh, Una from the. Uh, from .ie on the show here with us. Uh, there yeah. are the people who control the .ie domain name. So when you're going to a website and you're looking up something like lccr.ie or limerickpost.ie, they're the people who control the .ie part of that across uh, the country. So they've come out with some um, updates uh, from the end of 2021. So I just want to give a few uh, statistics here on this. Uh, so the total uh, number is up 6.5% uh, since the start of the year. So that means that there's a total database of 330,000.ie domains there now. Um, new registrations were down on the same period from last year, but I think that was really down to the fact that during 2020 when uh, we had COVID and the lockdowns, that a lot of people were doing a lot of online registration to get their online presence up and running. So it's only natural that there'd be a small drop off in 2020, really. Um, or 2021, sorry. There are 121 accredited registrars in Ireland now, which is a nice number. And 86% oh. of a renewal rate on .ie. So each year, 86% awesome. um, of people renew their .ie, which is good. And lastly, then with the .ie, the .ie, the .ie Digital Towns Award for 2022 is now, uh, well, actually, no, on the February the 21st, so just a couple of days away or a couple of days ago, if you're listening to this as a podcast, uh, the awards open for entry. And there are 13 different categories across the, uh, the Digital Towns Awards you've got. Uh, categories like digital education, e-health, um, digital business, a rising star, there's a local hero award and there's an overall winner. And there's €100,000 in prize money uh, to be awarded on this with the overall winner getting 10k. So this is a real chance for uh, different areas to put together some sort of submission and highlight their town and like being awarded the digital town is is quite a it's quite an accolade it's quite an achievement because it raises the profile of the town and it can help to attract um things like investment in terms of uh, employment etc so uh definitely go on to uh ie and you can find the link there to go on to the information about the Digital Town Awards and go in and put through your entry fee or entry form there. So that's, uh, as I say, opening February 21st. And the um, on March 21st, 
uh, is March 25th is when they close. Uh, the judging will take place between April the 11th to 29th, May 11th, shortlist amount, and in June there is a gala event, which will be a virtual event, and right. winners will be announced. So that's the .ie uh, updates. And right, so Dave, what do you want to cover next? We have a few things. Do you want to go Samsung? Do you want to go Apple? Do you want to go Windows? Where do you want to go with this now today? All right, well, we'll we can start off with Samsung. Um, right. I only caught up on the Unpacked event yesterday, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Um, but uh, I suppose there's a few things to unpack. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Anyway. Right. Um, okay. So, I mean, okay, uh, the main staples of the event were, of course, the Galaxy S lineup, um, yes. the S22 phone lineup. Uh, so we got the, um, I suppose they did, the most song and dance was uh, around the S22 Ultra, which is seems like a pretty good phone if you got a spare grand uh, tucked away there. I think it's um, a bit more than that. I think over here we'd probably be looking at about 1,200 euros, I'd say. Mm, yeah, That's well, yeah. yeah. Uh, when you yeah. count in that and stuff like that on it. Um, yes. Uh, okay. It looks amazing. Um, it does. There's a big, what is it? It's about a 6.8 inch screen on it. Yeah, uh, something like that. Yeah, very yeah. big. Yeah. And it has a lot of specs on it. But something we've talked about before here, Dave. How, yeah. Wh- when are they going to stop adding more cameras to the back of these things? This thing I know, it looks, it looks a bit ridiculous, doesn't it? Five I think I think there's four cameras and there's like one sensor or something like that. It's it's a four oh. camera system. Oh right, okay. So the one of them is a sensor. Aha. Uh-huh. I think so. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Grand. Um, right. Okay. So right. E- even at that, four cameras. We're now up to four cameras on the back of the, of these things. Um, and as you say, a sensor that prob- that to me, to my eyes, I'm, I thought it was one of the cameras anyway. Um, and then you've got your LED flash as well. Uh, like, when are they going to stop with this? I don't know. I think they're going to uh, keep it as, like, I don't think they're going to go up um, more than five. You might see six. You might see six. But I, I think at that point, even they're going to realize, okay, look, you know. Yeah. Uh, see, the thing is, it's funny because, you know, back, no one would ever thought of this 20 years ago. But the idea of using multiple cameras is that you, all the cameras are working in tandem and software is kind of doing a lot of stuff in the background to piece a good picture together. Yeah. So it's, 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 photography has really changed over the last even 10 years. You know, it's crazy. Yeah. You know? um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Do they need more than five or six cameras to do all that software stuff? Uh, I, I don't think they do. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully they don't, because it's getting ridiculous. How, how do they yeah. keep on cramming all that in? Um, yeah, okay. So, like, there's the, cam- the cameras, and, like, each year cameras, there's just, like, more of them. They do, uh, there's more megapixels in each of them, uh, which... I don't agree with because it read photography, you know, that it's down to the sensor, not the amount of pixels, because more pixels just means it's filling it with noise. Uh, so I, that's true, yeah. but I, there's something to address there with um, the Galaxy S Ultra, and that's um, they use a, I think it's a 12 megapixel wide angle lens or something like that, along with the 108 megapixel shooter. Um, yeah. Basically, the, 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 the the 12 megapixel sensor lets in more light and yeah. the obviously the 108 has detail or whatever. So they kind of 
amalgamate them together to create like you know through algorithms and software to create a, a bright vivid picture with detail i think they're they're using that to the the, the high megapixel sensor has been used to that advantage here right okay okay yeah to get to get more details into it yeah nice. so okay. they're kind of like taking the best of both worlds brightness and then you know raw detail mm-hmm. okay um it's also the first uh, first time that they've included the S Pen in the S lineup. Yeah. Ones. Now, it's not the first time the S Pen has been compatible. They did that with no. uh, the S21 series and um, stuff like that, but you obviously mm-hmm. had to get the S Pen separately. But yes. yes. Now it's included and there is a hole for it to shove it up. There into is. It. Uh, so they're like, obviously, with the size of these things, the space, the space is there for the pen to go into. So yeah. they're including that anyway. Um, it's true, and and I can guarantee you the the whole uh, Galaxy Note thing is gone. Like they they haven't brought one of those yes. out in a few years. Yeah. So the, seems, I think the Galaxy, I think the Ultra is a direct replacement for the Note. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Yeah, well, mm. even size wise, if you look at it, like the the yeah. size of the device now and everything, you're, it's almost at Note size anyway. So, yes. Um, and, and that's screen size. So it's it it doesn't make sense to have like a 6.8 inch ultra and then what was it i think it was 7 or 7.1 inch was the entry note so yeah it doesn't make sense so the yes the, it's it's one series now you've got your s22s and you've got your different sizes across the board there on that right so then dave there's the s22 that was the s22 ultra so the s22 entry level one is um that's a 6.1 inch screen it is. That's going to be coming in around the 800 mark, I would say, uh, yeah. roughly. And there's the the plus one as well, which is a 6.6-inch screen. That'll be yeah. about €1,000 mark. I think that's going to be a popular one. The middle-tier phone will probably be more yeah. up uh, most people's alley. You know, it's kind of... 6.1 is... Well, uh, people who like small phones will obviously like the 6.1-inch, but people who like a bigger phone will go for the 6.6-inch and maybe mm. think the 6.8-inch is too either too expensive or too big. Yeah, exactly. You're hitting a kind of a, a sweet spot there, but there isn't much difference exactly. between six point six and six point eight anyway. So the, um, the the specs aren't kind of there's not much difference. Okay, there's one less camera in it. Uh, yes. So the the one with the ten x optical zoom is gone, uh, but you still have all the others. But the wide camera that we we're talking about a while ago that uh, that drops down to fifty megapixel as well. Uh, so they're um, okay. Nice lineup of phones, really. And of course, no notches. Uh, the, the trademark Samsung hole punch camera hole punch, on the front, right. and I think there's the under sensor, under screen uh, sensor as well for your fingerprint as well, isn't there? Um, yeah, it's a. I think it's a ultrasonic sensor um, as opposed to an optical one. Some yeah. some people use optical. Some people use um, uh, ultrasonic. I can't yeah. remember. If Samsung has moved to optical, but yes, it is under the screen. They've been doing yeah. that now for a number of generations. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm nearly certain I read the, that it was the ultrasonic one they're using here. Yeah, it could be. That's what Samsung have been using. Like uh, manufacturers like OnePlus use optical. Other ones do as well. But uh, they both have um, trade offs. Um, but yeah, I mean they're getting better. I mean I have a first generation OnePlus 6T with an optical um, under fingerprint sensor. It's not the greatest. Uh, mm-hmm. But I believe they've gotten a lot better. All right. You know, that was 2018 when that came out. So they've gotten better over the years. Nice. 
But what uh, kind of? I suppose you could say. Look, when you, you mentioned the 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 hole punch there, right? Because yeah. last year at at Galaxy Unpacked, they were announcing the fold. Yes. And they came up with the whole thing of being able to hide the selfie camera. Oh. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, You'd think that they would have brought that over to their premium S twenty two series, yes, right? Wouldn't you think so? Actually, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, in particular the Ultra. Yeah, yeah, definitely should I be don't something know. on the Ultra. Yeah, maybe it's not. I don't know. I I haven't looked at uh, many in-depth uh, reviews of how it works, but maybe it just isn't ready yet. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they brought it into the fold, and it just was something that didn't work a hundred percent how they wanted it to. That's it. Because so the fold, you can look at almost like an experiment, uh, whereas the S twenty two is their mainstream thing. Yeah. So correct. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you have you used or seen any foldable phones yet, Dave? You know what? I have not. Okay, so I have. I met someone there uh, over the last few weeks that had a uh, the foldable, um, the Samsung foldable, and I have to say, like when you when you're looking at it, it's uh, it's nice because it's compact, right? Yeah. And then you open it out, and there is a nice large screen, but. It was you now this was maybe um, I don't know a couple of weeks old anyway, and at that I could still or I could already see that there was a kind of a, a crease at the fold that it was small bit of kind of discoloration or yeah just just it just seemed wrong at that point at this at the at the fold part uh, it was almost as though the screen was kind of slightly distorted there. So, yes, and I've seen that. Like, and it's not even like it, it doesn't take time to do that. I think that's mm. fairly immediate. Um, yeah. I've seen like YouTube videos with other people using these foldable phones, and um, and the and the crease is very noticeable on the video. So I can only imagine what it'd be like if you're using it yourself. Yeah. And I, that that would annoy me watching yes. a movie or something. That would annoy me. It would actually, yeah. And I have to say, the the using of it because of the type of screen it is as well like you know yourself we've gotten so used to these glass screens that we're using and the touching of the glass and everything uh, touching mm-hmm. this seemed it just seemed a bit um substandard is what i say because it was more of a kind of a spongy plasticky feel under your finger so oh. you, you didn't have that you just <coughs> didn't get that same satisfaction of having the the glass touch it just yeah, i think sensation is the word yeah yeah the sensation of it yeah it uh mm. i don't know it just uh, i i like the idea of the larger screen that comes out somehow but mm-hmm. it's not ready yet in my view i agree i think it's still very experimental people who jump on this train are kind of early adopters and they're you know you're paying mm. for it and there's an early adopter tax with nearly everything that's new and they're certainly paying for it. And if they're willing to suffer some of the the consequences, not just the financial ones, then mm-hmm. that's great. You know, it's good to have products like that out there. And maybe they'll just get better, you know, a, a lot yeah. quicker than they would normally do if they were just still in a, a lab. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Because once you get them out to the hands of people and they start giving feedback, then mm-hmm. it's, always, it, it's always good for um, speeding Development. Up the progress. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. and they can make money while doing it, so yeah, it's all good, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Let's uh, let's uh, go on a small bit on this as well because they also introduced um, or announced some tablets. They, they did, some tablets, yeah, which is the S eight range. 
and there was three yeah. different sizes here. There was an 11 inch, a 14 and a half inch. Uh, yeah. No, sorry, a, a 12.4 inch, sorry. And then the top one is the 14.6 inch. The Ultra, right. Yeah, the Ultra. Mm. Crazy. It's 14.6 um, tablet, it's you're like you're bigger than a laptop there. You are. I, there's uses for it. Like, I mean, let's say if you have it down uh, on a table or something like that, and you're a designer or something like that, it might be great. That kind of, uh, like, you know, yeah. for any kind of productivity work. But if you're thinking about using it for entertainment purposes, a big screen is always great. But can you imagine bringing that thing into bed and watching the movie? It's just clunky, you know? It's, yeah. it's too much. It is. It's, but it's, it's, it's probably just going to be used for professionals. I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, drafters and stuff like that, people who do architecture, it'd be great for that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Absolutely correct. fantastic. Like the um, the Surface uh, all-in-one that they brought out a number of years ago, that tilt and do all that kind of stuff. That that was a, a definitely a niche product as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, um, like the, 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 they showed off the, the keyboard as well, the detachable keyboard mm-hmm. and with the trackpad and everything. So, that's pretty much standard across all the tablet range now. So whichever yeah. we're going for, whether it's the Samsung, the Surface, the iPad, anything, you're, the whole thing of having your, your pen and your keyboard now is the, the complete setup. But it makes it yeah. quite pricey when you go that way, when you go and get it's everything together. It's not cheap. It's yeah. not cheap. I mean, we're talking nearly the same money for the uh, the whole lineup, really, as the phones. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. And, um, you know, it's kind of cool, though, because... You probably noticed this over the years, but Android tablets have never been that good. They've always been kind of seen as the cheap, the El Cheapos, because you can buy the ones that come from China or whatever have you. And even though Samsung have released some tablets over the years, there was a very long release cycle between them. They didn't really put a whole lot into it. They, they made a tablet that was okay, and yeah. then you wouldn't hear about it again, another new tablet for about five years or something, you know? it and, was. And one of the worst parts about it was as well that there was never an easy upgrade route on the software. So no. you pretty much had the software it came with. And yeah. a year later, it was out of date. And two years later, there was no updates being done to apps or anything like that. So yeah. uh, they quickly became uh, a doorstop or a, a bookend or something like that. They were kind of, they, yeah. they were just dead weight, really. Um, and the specs weren't great on them, so they didn't. Yeah, they were just yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, no, they were grand were for okay. watching Netflix or something, but that was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no premium lineup. It was always a, a no. cheap, a cheaper mid-range kind of lineup. And, and Google did the same thing. They had the yeah, Nexus tablet good. range back in the day, but they've mm-hmm. kind of shifted their focus onto Chromebooks and Chrome tablets and stuff like that now. Um, yeah. So Android tablets have never really been taken very seriously. And I think Samsung have made uh, a good... Um, effort now over the last two years with their mm-hmm. tablets to to change that yeah they have yeah because apple apple have the ipad and that's a very serious serious tablet and like you know um a serious contender um microsoft have their tablets very good tablets so, as well but they're so. windows they're not android yeah exactly yeah but there isn't like the new version of windows getting the ability to run android apps uh, it is Windows yeah. 11. It hasn't quite um, come out yet. Uh, well, Windows 11's out, but that feature yeah. hasn't been fully released yet. But yes, we it's might, going to be. Yeah, we might talk about that. There's a few updates that came up to Windows there recently. We might talk about that later on the show. Uh, and just, just uh, I suppose, to wrap up the Samsung part of it anyway, really, is that um, the tablets have external storage, really, the micro SD cards. 
the yes, they don't. do. Yeah, the phones. Yeah, the phones don't. don't. I thought yeah. that was a bit weird. All right, maybe it was to save space or whatever. But um, and, and storage and options on phones are fairly ridiculously big now. Anyway, so it's yeah, good enough. Exactly. So these like yeah. these ones are coming. Say, for instance, the Ultra, you can get like a two five six five one two and a terabyte version. So oh, yeah. a terabyte version of a phone. Uh, I don't know. It's there's a huge premium on that. Like, on you get that, people yeah. who will complain about the fact that they can't put a micro SD card into it. But being honest with you. I think I've only ever met one person in my life who who said that they were using an external storage card card in a phone. You, you know, it comes with its own set of problems as well because the quality of the SD card and the interface, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it might not be as fast as the onboard storage, just stuff like that. Like, you know, yeah. no, I'm okay with not having a phone that doesn't have a micro SD um, slot on it. My phone that I have now, even though it's four years old, is the first phone I've had without one. And I haven't longed for when I got 128 gigs. I'm fine with it. Yeah, and you've got all the cloud storage you want on as well, as well now. Correct, anyway, yeah. Which wasn't yeah. there before. And we have the speeds to be able to use the cloud storage properly as well. Yes. So really most people don't need the uh, the SD card. You're talking about yeah. really edge case people. And in the same way as people used to complain about, oh, there's no removable battery on my phone. Well, even when I had phones that had removable batteries, I think I only ever had one phone about 15 years ago that I had two, ba- two batteries for. And that was it. Um, yeah, yeah, I did it once as well. Yeah, yeah, but I can't remember that many people that I know going around with two batteries in their pockets so that they could Look, face it during the day. Power banks. People are using power banks nowadays. Exactly. It's fine. Exactly. Yeah. And like most of the power banks that you can get, you'll get about uh, two, three charges out of them Correct. before you need yeah. to recharge the bank itself. Maybe more. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, Dave, let's move on another bit now and let's talk. Uh, we'll, talk we'll go over to the, to the, the light side of things. Uh, the, oh, boy. <laughs> from the dark side to oh, the light no. side. The dark so, side, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Right, so we'll cover a few things here with, with Apple, really. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is um, there's been a lot of things recently about the air tags, right, and uh, pos- the things about stalking or uh, helping to people uh, find their stalkers as well. Uh, so there's, there's been a huge thing around it here, and there's been, a lot of people have been complaining about the fact that the, the air tags have made it so easy to stalk people. And... I I don't know. I look at that and I say, people have been stalking people for years. And there's so many tech gadgets out there that people have been using to track people. So yeah, yeah. this hasn't invented it. No. So the the whole thing of like because of the air tags now it's happening. Uh I I don't I just don't get that argument. I I, I don't know. It's a bit- I, I don't either because you know, you said it yourself, um We've been carrying phones with GPS in our pockets for 10 years or more now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you, you wanted know? to, if you, like if people wanted to track someone that they knew uh, and they'd access their phone, it's very easy. Like we've heard the stories before, people installing malicious apps on other people's phones sure. that allow them to gain access to it and see the location data or photos or chat messages, etc. But the whole thing with these air tags is there have been some cases of people finding air tags around them, but Apple have made it quite easy to know if there is an air tag in your location that is uh, tracking you. So if you have an Apple phone, it will alert you if there's an air tag close by. And 
I think the, to me the people who are who might do this who might drop an air tag into like attach it to someone's car or drop it into someone's bag or something to follow them have they not realised that that air tag is already registered to them with their name their account yeah. their details like so it's not as though they can't be tracked themselves like once this air tag is found then the authorities just simply ask Apple and say who does this belong to and they, they're given that information Apple are freely given that and I've made it quite public that they will comply with the authorities on this that if, if somebody found an air tag in their vicinity and they suspected as tracking uh, then they just have to report it so, true true yeah, yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's still a very complicated issue and yeah. you're right it was not started by the air tags we've had no. and we've had previous iterations of tags before like you you own them that did the yeah, same the thing tile. Not, yeah, yeah there you the go that's tile, it Chipolo, all these things and none of those warn you if they're in their in your locality uh, yeah. but nobody has said anything about these but anyway the uh Look, there's been good and bad stories out there of people saying that they've been tracked and finding these things. And there's been some great stories as well of people that somebody tried to track and because they got an alert on their phone, they were notified that someone tried to track them. And, yeah, uh, a bit of a and, double-edged and, sword and, and there, led right? to those people's arrests. Well, that's good. That's yeah. good. Um, yeah, there are more pros than there are cons. That's yes, basically indeed, what yeah. it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. So, right, I shall move on and talk quickly. Just want to um, give you a quick update about Apple have brought out a feature called Tap to Pay. Now, it's in beta at the moment, and the name is slightly confusing, right? It because is. I've been doing that for years. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was the first thing when I saw about it and said, uh, oh, the next uh, beta software has this uh, Tap to Pay, Tap to Pay. And I was like, that's been there for ages but it's actually the opposite way around to what we're doing now at the moment effectively they're allowing your phone to become a payment terminal oh so it means that someone so if uh now i think stripe are bringing out some have a, have a kind of a a developer program at the moment which is kind of a closed program uh, for certain people to you to test this out at the moment, you can be sure that people like PayPal etc are going to bring this in as well. So it means that if I had like my PayPal account, then let's say you owed me a tenner, then you can just go and double click on your phone to bring up your your card the same as you would inside in a shop to pay at the by contactless, and yep. tap your phone off my phone, and the money goes over into my account. Awesome. Okay. So I become a terminal for taking credit card payments, which for small businesses is amazing because at the yes. moment they have to rely on these external card readers. So they, they, do. Would, they would have to get something, uh, one of these Bluetooth or uh, plug-in devices that they would, um, they would talk to an iPad or to a phone. But now uh, you can just, you, well, not right now, it's, it's only in beat at the moment, but it means that your phone will become a terminal. So if you have someone who has a, a coffee shop, um, like one of these kiosks or one of these vans going around doing coffees or food, then all they need is their phone and they can start taking payments, which is, yeah. which is brilliant. I think that's just going to be really cool for people uh, on the go and uh, mobile businesses and small businesses to be able to take that instantly. 
So yeah, and it'd be cool for for cab drivers as well because they often have Correct. those small little terminals in their cars. Mm. So if you hail a cab in the traditional way, not through an app where your credit card is already linked, then and you only have um, a card handy. I mean, can yeah. it take regular like does it use NFC uh, like with a regular card? Um, tip? That's what I'm led to believe that it will be using the NFC part of it. Okay, so, so you don't have to have like an iPhone or anything like that. No, you could tap your ordinary card with it as well. All right, well that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I think that's going to be really, really good. So when it comes along, so before we move off um, Apple, Dave, the next time that we're on the next show, uh, rumors yes. are that there's going to be an Apple event pretty soon. So we might have a lot of <laughs> extra Apple news <laughs> rumors. Are we under embargo? No, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, what do you think is going to come out? Well, I believe the rumors are um, mentioning that it's going to be more M- M1, M1 um, computers. Right. So, so I, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I can't remember what's been brought out, what's left. So we can, we can obviously more than speculate by using deduction here. Right. So the only things that are left to change over at the moment is the Mac Pro... And I think one of the... Yeah, you mean the iMac Pro, is it? No, the Mac Pro. The, the oh, top yeah, okay. range one. The top, the really so they're going to bring one of those out. Wow, okay, yeah, maybe. Grand. So they're, they're definitely going to change over. And the 27-inch iMac Pro as well. Yeah, that hasn't been touched yet. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that has to be replaced. So the, they're the only two real devices that have to be moved over. And, that's, and then that completes the lineup then, doesn't it? That completes the transition. Yeah. Cool. Completely. Yeah. And they did say 18 months, so it would be around that time. Yeah, so there's so. every reason to believe that they're going to do the final batch of this yeah. event. Yeah. Yeah. Quite possibly. Yeah. So some of the rumors out there are that there's a new iPhone SE coming. There might be a oh. new iPad Air coming. Uh, I don't get the whole thing with the iPads at the moment. I think there's just too many variation. A new iPad Air. They only brought one out there last year. Yeah, but that was a normal iPad. But now you see you've got the normal iPad, you've got the iPad Air, you've got the iPad Pro. I oh, that's right, yeah. I think yeah, they have too, yeah. many, too many variables as well there at the moment. And it gives yeah. people that, that kind of uh, choice paradox where because there's too many options, they don't know which one to go for and they can't make up their mind. So the purchase decision yeah, is Yeah, Steve not. Jobs spinning in his grave right now with the Correct. Apple product line, I'm sure. yes. He would um, say, no, 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 simplify it. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's what he did when he came back in 1978. Mm. It's basically made a grid. We've got four sections and that's it. And inside it, you've got one or two options and that's it. Um, and it, it, it made sense. It did help. It did uh, streamline the whole uh, logistics and production part of it. And it simplified the purchasing decision as well for people. So that I think they need to go back a step on some of that as well. Uh, I think they just have too many options in each area now. Uh, so the, the, I don't know. There's, there's also rumors that there'll be new AirPods coming out, a new version of the AirPods Pro maybe. Um, okay. uh, but it's all rumor and we don't know which one is going to come true. So we'll see what happens on that. Um, the big question actually is what's going to happen with the M chips. Everybody's talking about the the fact that like we're due an M2 chip and will that be powering the Mac Pro? Um, I, I'm not sure about their roadmap with the M chips yet, as in yeah. like each year the A chips that are in the iPhone 
uh, you've got your A12, A13, A14, A15. They go up a number each year. I yeah. don't think they're going to be doing that with the desktops. I, I think, think they will. Each year. Like Not they, every year. Yeah, they, they'll go up that way, but I don't think it'll be as quick a cycle as no. they do with the iPhone chips, with the mobile chips. I think no. like they, they, they brought out the M1 and then you had the M1X or M1 Pro and then M1 Max were announced last year as well. Uh, yeah. I can't see them going straight to an M2. I think the like especially considering that the performance that's there in the in the M1 chip. Where do you moment. go from Max though? Because they've already brought out a computer with an M1 Max in it, right? So what yeah. are they going to do for the Mac Pro? How, where'd yeah. you go from Max? Max Ultra, Max Super, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. yeah um, my guess, my my thinking is that the Mac Pro won't be at this event. That it, that will become a WWDC in June, and okay. that's when they're going to bring out the M2 chip, which will be pretty much two years after they announced the M1. And I think we'll be on a two-year cycle on these going forward, because. They can't. Yeah. They can't keep getting all the performance gains year on year on year, and keeping the same pace up. Well, you see, when it comes to Apple and desktops, um, their release cycles over the years have been very erratic. Um, yes. They don't like you know. You can count on a new iPhone every year, September, October. Yeah. Um, same with the most of the iPads and stuff like that. But with the desktops, it's like, yeah, we're doing update. It's been over a year since we were doing update and they haven't announced anything yet. But maybe, maybe that, that's because they were relying a lot on things like Intel and stuff like that. Maybe because they're using their own silicon now, they might be able to, you know, do it in a, a bi-yearly cycle. Yeah, quite possibly. And yeah. be consistent. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, look, we'll, we'll see how it goes anyway. We'll, uh, it's total we'll control over. Everything is theirs, pretty much. Correct, correct. And that's what they've always wanted, to have control over everything so that they can do it according to yeah. their own roadmap. Uh, so, yeah, so look, next episode, we could have a lot of information about what's coming in or what has been released uh, with the new Apple yeah. products. There's, there's definitely going to be something, so we look forward to that in the next episode. Right. episode. Yeah, right. it's meant uh, to be. I think the event is going to be coming in uh, earlier in March, and we're probably going to be on the third week, um, third yeah. Sunday in March. So yeah. hopefully we'll, we'll um, have the event before then. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Okay, right, Dave. Um, Windows 11. Uh, they have mm -hmm. a, a couple of days ago a new build came out, and we talked about this earlier on. And um, yeah, they I suppose strange enough they, they bring out it's it's not just kind of bug fixes or patches or anything like that or stability they actually brought out some new features um, <laughs> no they brought back some features that they took away that had Windows 10 <laughs> that's pretty much the summary of it <laughs> alright okay so the notable ones Dave what, what, uh, what would you consider of note so with some of the new bits and pieces well, drag and drop uh, capability has been improved on the taskbar. Uh, it wasn't quite there before. Um, so been able to drag icons onto the taskbar for, let's say, the desktop or whatever, if you want to yeah. pin it there. That's a, that's a good thing. Um, but, you know, start we, menu folders. Start menu folders, right. Because the yeah. start menu has a lot of... Um, I suppose they haven't utilized the area for maximum... Uh, what would I say? Potential. 
potential yes. it would be the word right they've got uh, a lot of blank space there um you know and that's ripe for using so if you can drag um if you can actually make folders or groups of your favorite programs in, in, in certain categories. And that's great. That's, uh, that's something that uh, we've had on Android and now iOS for a few years. Yeah. And it's, it's great to have it now on desktop. Yeah, exactly. So other, other things that kind of came, seem to have come over from the mobile world as well is like uh, do not disturb and focus mm. productivity. So those features. Well, we've had focus mode for a while now and um, that came with Windows 10. Uh, I don't use it though. I don't use it. All right. You just work away. Get all the notifications yeah. as you're working and ignore. Look, if I, I don't, I keep things lean in, in that if I don't want to, you know, be disturbed by certain apps or whatever, I'll just close the apps. That's me. I'm old school that way, though. All right. Okay. So, um, what else did they get? Um, File Explorer has gotten the ability to pin files for quick access. Um, uh, did we not have that already? When I tried out Windows 10 last year, I, I could have sworn that was there. Um, maybe it's something else, though. But uh, yeah, the quick access think, is very handy. I think it was just folders that you could pin before. Oh, think, maybe that's think, it. I yeah, yeah, now yeah. That they've, now they've introduced you could pin an individual file. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah, Windows 10 is the same. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, okay, so files, pin files. Okay, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. All right. Um, other than that, I'm not quite sure. There's a few new touch gestures. Uh, yeah, you know, look. Um, yeah, there's um, there's kind of a new look of the task manager, which has an efficiency mode inside it and some... Yeah, dark mode options. too, which is great. I, I love the dark mode look. And we, I'm looking forward to that when I go back to Windows 11. But as you said, these uh, features are minor improvements. Yeah. They still have a ways to go yet before I'm ready to hop back over. Yeah, but well, at least they brought some improvements anyway, and it wasn't just kind of just... Oh, yeah, I knew they would trickle in, and yeah. it's good. And, and they said that they're going to keep trickling in, so they're going to keep um, making improvements quite regularly uh, in the next um, while. So hopefully uh, by summertime is what I'm guessing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hope for summertime. All right, okay. So, Dave, uh, just run down a few, through a few kind of um, general topics or things that kind of happened over the last month as well. Um, yep. I'm starting with something that, that, that kind of we've talked about before, which is um, Spotify and podcasts. I've, I've actually made it known here on the show that I, I don't like the way Spotify have gone in exclusive on podcasts, that things that I used to listen to, uh, Spotify bought out the companies that made these, pod, these fabulous podcasts that I used to listen to, and now they've made it exclusive to the Spotify app only. And I, I think on maybe the last show or the previous one, I talked about the fact that the whole idea of podcasts over since they were invented 20 years ago, really, is that they were open and available through whatever podcasting app you want to use. And now Spotify are trying to close them in so that, that you can only listen to them through Spotify itself. And we likened it to people saying that you can only view this website if you're using this browser or if you're on this network provider. Uh, the web is open for anybody, no matter where you are. Um, well, there are some countries that do a bit of censorship, but in general, yeah. it's, it's, it's open and it's there. And no matter what device you're using or what platform you're on, you can look at web pages. And 
the uh, I, it's I gone just, the way of TV shows, really, hasn't it? Or movies that like, um, yeah. streaming companies are, are getting exclusive rights to these things that other companies are not getting. Unlike music, where you have several options. Correct. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, one of the things that happened there a couple of weeks ago is uh, one of these people that they bought the podcast rights to uh, is Joe Rogan, uh, and I right. know a lot of people listen to this guy, and. Um, he can be quite controversial at times. Um, I don't personally listen to him, um, but the like at the time the, the rumors are that the, they paid maybe two hundred million dollars for exclusivity to his podcast. Um, but he had someone on the show, and there was a bit of uh, misinformation about vaccines and uh, coronavirus given out on the show, and because of it some musicians pulled their music from um, the Spotify library so you couldn't listen to those musicians anymore uh, the notable ones were Neil Young and I think Joni Mitchell right so, yeah so after that now um, the podcasts come with a kind of a warning label on them like that's going to fix everything magically but a lot of his old podcasts have disappeared off the platform. At his request, though, Spotify didn't yeah. take him down. Um, he asked them to take him down. Yeah, yeah. So, and he's had to do a bit of clarification around a few different things anyway, um, and has promised to be a bit more balanced in his viewing views and the people he gets He usually... He used to be very balanced because um, he'd have people on from both aisles, you know, of the political spectrum. He'd have them... Um, people who are very left-wing and people who are very right-wing and in between and kind of, you know, have a very engaging conversation and a debate. And it was, and it's a good podcast, if you ask me. I don't listen to much of it. Yeah. I, I listen to clips uh, every so often and yeah, it's quite good. Yeah, but, but um, see, Spotify can be held accountable because they're now seeing as a publisher of this kind of Yeah, yeah, it's, there, uh, there, there is that, I guess, yeah. yeah. Because they bought the rights to these things, they become the publisher, whereas say like if you have a general podcast out there that's available mm. through any podcasting app these the, the, the people who have make the podcasting app or, or host the thing on the platform are not seen as publishers in the same as isps are not publishers of websites yeah uh, you're right publishes okay. the website is but if you make it exclusive and buy the rights to it you become the publisher of that content really right so Dave, let's let's move on from Joe, anyway, Joe and Spotify yeah. and see, because uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes down anyway. Right, uh, let's run across a few general news topics anyway, um, across the tech world. And uh, first thing, um, right, so just a quick one there on Apple uh, again. Uh, they have had a few security updates recently and in a kind of a step from the norm, they actually released a security update for uh, macOS 11 and um, for Catalina as well. So uh, the, the, it's kind of, that's Big Sur and Catalina. So if you have either of those, you should actually be doing those updates. Um, and so they're, they're previous versions of the operating systems but they release security updates for them. Uh, so I would recommend to anybody, if you are running one of the older versions, make sure you do that update because there is uh, there is some security fixes that they deemed important enough to release patches for older versions. So it's definitely worth an update. 
Um, while we're on the uh, the topic of updating, um, there's also an update for Zoom. So everybody knows about Zoom. Zoom became so popular through through the pandemic. There's also an update yeah. for Zoom for Mac OS as well, because what was happening was, even after you quit Zoom, the microphone active indicator was staying active or staying on in Mac OS. Oh, so it looked as though now it's not clear whether it was still listening to you or not. It could have just been a bug that left the indicator on. But the reason I say it's not clear is because I actually had the same thing happen to me with Google Chrome. Right. So I actually was fully quit out of Google Chrome, but the microphone indicator was still active. And when I clicked up and into the, the taskbar, it told me that Google Chrome was using the microphone, but I was quit out of it at the time. So a restart of the laptop got rid of it so that is i don't know whether it's a bug in the software or whether there's something a library that stays active in the background that is actually still using the mic after you've i think it's the latter really i think it's the latter i think whatever hook the program makes to the microphone in order for that indicator to come up um it's not been fully released uh due to whatever way it's been closed or whatever yeah so it's a bug obviously but i i think i don't think it's the indicator that's buggy i think it's the program itself which is why zoom released a fix rather than apple releasing a fix you know okay right okay i get you so maybe it is yeah so um that just shows that that indicator is actually quite important that that is there now on your devices uh because you can actually see now if some piece of software is intentionally or unintentionally still using your mic Definitely update Zoom and keep an eye on that little indicator if you are using a device that supports it. Yeah. Right. Uh, where we go to now, Dave, with some uh, some other news. Um, we reported actually late last year about the fact that Amazon had threatened to stop Amazon UK had stopped had threatened to stop using uh, or supporting Visa cards. Mm-hmm. So apparently they've uh, come to an agreement on that and they will continue to work with visa cards uh this was post brexit there was the issue that uh, because of visas charges for processing transactions amazon basically said right on amazon.co.uk we will not accept visa credit card payments anymore and there was there's been a few kind of discussions over and back between them but they seem to have come to agreement now and they will continue to accept Visa credit cards on that. So yeah. I suppose that's good news for everybody uh, all I around. Mean, anyway. We're always going to cave. They're always going to cave. I mean, Amazon being have so much clout, you know. Um, yeah. If they stop using Visa, then, oh my God, the stock price would be... <coughs> yeah. All right. Okay, so uh, going to some local news. Uh, SciFest 2022 has put its call out for entries. So uh, that's it's in its seventeenth consecutive year now. Wow, mm. that's amazing! So uh, it's um, it's open again, and if you just like the easy, the easiest thing to do is go on and uh, Google SciFest and have a look at it, and um, the winner will be presented with a trophy and represent Ireland in a Regeneron International Science and Engineering Fair 2023 in the USA. So definitely go on, look for that. They're open for entries. Um, it's it, Just Google it or go to scifest.ie. Uh, deadline is March 11th. 
Uh, what else? Okay, and there is a new course in the University of Limerick to encourage more women to join the tech industry. So that's the uh, Limerick uh, UL's Immersive Software Engineering has joined forces with Rent the Runway Galway's office, a new program to encourage more women to join the tech industry and tackle the lack of diversity. So that is available now. You can go on to ul.e and have a look at that and get more details there. And I think that kind of wraps up most of the news in the world around the world at the moment, Dave, and locally. So yeah, I can't think of anything else. Yeah, of note. Uh, so that wraps it up for another show, Dave. Uh, thanks for joining me here. So uh, this is uh, in the Tech Post here on Limerick City Community Radio, brought to you in association with the Limerick Post newspaper. And if you missed the show that goes out every third Sunday of the month on 99.9 FM, you can always subscribe to the Limerick Post podcast where you can get loads more great podcasts as well from the feed. So, Dave, thanks a million. And uh, we'll chat again next time. All right. See us. Bye. Tech Post is brought to you by Limerick City Community Radio, lccr.ie, and the Limerick Post newspaper, limerickpost.ie. Team music is supplied by Dylan Flynn and the Dead Poets, and you can get more of their great music on Apple Music and Spotify. 